morning, everybody. How you doing? Good. My name is Kyle. Man, that was good to worship the Lord together. Oh, man, you ought, to, you ought to be feeling good. Jesus is alive. We got to worship him. The Razorbacks got it back on track yesterday, right? I mean, we're like winning. Uh, life's good, right? God is good. And we just uh, appreciate you guys being here today. As I said, my name is Kyle, and it's a joy to worship with you every week. If it's your first time here today, Thanks so much for being here. We think you picked a great Sunday to be here. Uh, we're going to be looking back at what God did in 2019. Keaton's thinking about 2018 still. God did some good stuff then. Uh, but, uh, but we're going to talk about 2019 today, and we're going to move forward in 2020. I guess 2019 didn't happen for you because you remember 2018. You jumped right to 2020. I don't know. I'm just glad to know I never do anything like that. That's what I'm glad about. Uh, but it's going to be it's going to be good. Uh, we are in this series called More in Store. If you by chance missed the last couple of weeks, we'd love for you to jump online to our website or download the app and listen in. Because what we've been trying to do is to look in God's Word and just help you figure out what God's vision and plan is for your life. We want you to know that. We want you to feel that. We want you to live that. We want you to experience that because we believe with all of our hearts that God has more in store for you. And we believe with all of our hearts that God has more in store for our church. And the more that we're talking about is things like more purpose and more meaning and more joy and more influence and more impact. And ultimately, as a result of all that, we believe it means more people coming to know the Savior that we know and experiencing the salvation that we have experienced. And we want you to experience that in your life. More people to find him, more people to follow him, more people helping people to find and follow him. So again, we're going to celebrate 2019 today. This is what we call our year-end review. We put together some really neat things, some numbers to share. And you're going to see a lot of numbers on the screen. And we want you to know these numbers are big because they represent people and or they represent what God is doing in and through the lives of people. And so you're going to see this on the screen today. I think this is going to be going out in different formats. Uh, you can find it. You'll be able to find this um, on our website if you want to go and look in more detail. But we just think that every number has a name and every number tells a story. And so as you hear these numbers today, know they represent many of you and what God is doing in and through your life. And it's telling our story together. And so uh, we're just going to celebrate what God is doing. So let's jump in and see some neat things. And I want to read this verse before we get into the numbers. Ephesians 3.20. It says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty work, through, through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And with that being said and with that being read, let's go to the next slide and see some neat things. This slide here is talking about what God has been doing in and through our church in 2019, through our missions um, here in our state and around the world. So let me just share some really neat things with you. Last year in 2019, um, our church sponsored an additional 52 kids through Compassion in Peru where we have planted a church. And that brings all of our sponsorships, your family and our family together, sponsoring 212 children in Peru. And that is just absolutely incredible. As a result of your sponsorships, these kids are hearing the gospel. They have a church where they can go and experience Jesus firsthand through the preaching and teaching of God's word. They are getting their education. They are getting health care. They are getting good food. It's changing their life, and it's changing their family's life. And the reason why we know that 
It's because 16 of us traveled to Peru this last year to get to meet those kids, see that church, and look at and see what God is doing. And it was just absolutely incredible. We're involved in a mission movement in India. Um, there are many people there that are serving and leading, as you're going to hear about. It's just phenomenal what God is doing in India. Um, you see up top there, 250 pastors are pastoring, and they're leading 350 churches. And if you do the math, that means that some of those pastors are leading and teaching in more than one church. I cannot imagine having to do that, but there they are making it happen. Between January and September, this doesn't include October on, between January and September, 560 men were discipled in India. 40 churches were planted and 882 people were baptized in India. You can go ahead and say, yay Jesus on that one. I don't know if you know it or not, India is one of the toughest countries in the world right now to follow Jesus in. Persecution is just huge there right now. They are trying to um, squash out Christianity any way they can, and yet the church is flourishing in India. It's absolutely incredible. These people, some of them are taking their lives at risk to follow Jesus, and they're doing it gladly, and it's just absolutely incredible. Uh, in the middle here, you see NWA. That is our church plant that we are involved in in Bentonville, Arkansas. Last year, we sent a team, and uh, that team was sent out. Aaron and his family, and Russell and his family, and more families are around them now. And in 2019, they had their first launch team gathering, and we'll talk more about what God's going to be doing in and through um, them in uh, 2020 as God is planting a church through our church in Bentonville, Arkansas. Just very, very exciting. At the bottom, you see Indonesia. Um, our uh, partner there is Chase Reynolds. Chase went there to literally, listen to this, create a written language for a group of people that did not have a written language. They have spent time, energy, pain, sweat, all kinds of sickness they have been through. But in 2019 was a year of fruition for them. They were able to put 48%, listen to this, 48% of Luke's gospel translated into Yetfa, and it was distributed to local villages for the first time ever in printed form. Listen to that. Listen to that. Listen. Just one second. Hang on, hang on, hang on. How, how, how many copies of this, this Bible do you have? i just tell you my answer. I don't know. I've got some laying around I've forgotten about. You know, they just, they're just stacked up here and stacked up there. My kids have them, and, and they're stacked around. They, for the first time, are getting half of the gospel of Luke written down so they can see it and so they can experience it for the first time in their life. It's just absolutely huge praise and honor and glory to Jesus for that. At the same time, take advantage of getting in the Word of God. You don't have to just say, well, I've only got half of Luke. You can read the first half of Luke. You can read the back half of Luke. You can pick John. You can pick Mark. You can pick Genesis. You can pick Revelation. Get into the Word of God. And thankful these people in Indonesia are getting into the Word of God. Let's go to the next slide. Um, these are some areas in which our church is uh, getting outside the walls, if you will, and serving in our city and in our county as we uh, go forth um, reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and being his hands and being his feet. Um, we do something every spring called Reach where we go and do all kinds of service projects and God did amazing things through that. And the bottom left here you see a ministry, it's called Celebrate Recovery, and it's an awesome ministry that God's using in and through our church to help people with all kinds of hurts and hang-ups and addictions, and God is just blessing. Last year, out of that group, we saw two people be baptized, and we saw 21 people graduate from the 10-month step study, and you can celebrate that. That is absolutely <laughs> awesome. 
Their lives are being changed through Jesus. Just amazing things happening there. Uh, up in the top right, you see that over $245,000 were given outside of our walls. So our church, through our giving, was able to do amazing things in other places, um, giving $245,000 to bless other ministries and other gospel outreach projects. You guys gave 280 Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes um, before Christmas that went out all over the world to bless children who are in need in other countries. Um, 706 people served through our food pantry. Over 13,000 pounds of food was donated to uh, people here and families here in Saline County. And so God's just... Um, allowing us to love on people and meeting their needs. In the bottom, you see Senior Life there. That's um, our seniors ministry here. We've got some sweet folks that have been alive a long time, and they are still passionate for Jesus. They are loving on people. They're going to hospice and providing meals, going to um, nursing homes and loving on those people. Uh, some of those people, every time we have um, a death in our church, they lead the way in providing a, uh, a meal for the family. Others are leading Bible studies. God's using our seniors in just incredible ways. And if you don't know them, you need to get to know them and listen to them because they got wisdom and they got passion that we need in our lives. Next slide. Some cool pictures over here on the left. This is all about our gospel-centered groups, our HC groups. And you're going to hear me talk a little bit more about that this morning. But we want to celebrate what God did in 2019. Uh, 322 adults attended an HC group, and so many of you are part of that. And that is absolutely incredible that you are part of that and experiencing that. This next number is huge as well. Okay, it's 133. Let me tell you why it's huge. Here's what it says. 133 kids witnessed their parents studying God's word in an HC group. Moms and dads who are in HC group and your kids go and there's a bunch of other kids there too. It's chaotic. How do I know it's chaotic? There are more kids at my HC group than there are adults. Part of it's my fault. I produced four of them. Most of the blame goes to the Cochran's because they have seven of them. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we love it. We love it. And, um, but here's the cool thing. Your kids are seeing you on a weekly basis. Open your Bible, open your heart, get with friends, and talk about Jesus. And they need to see that in your life. And so praise God for all of you that are part of that. Um, down below here, really awesome Disciples Path, which is one way that we have in helping make disciples here. We have a 10-week discipleship course. 52 of you completed that course last year, and just absolutely awesome. And if you guys want to go ahead and clap right there, celebrate that. Go for it. It's great. It's good stuff. Wonderful. All right, you can't half clap. Either we clap or we don't clap. We can't half clap, all right? So there you go. All right, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. We're not watching golf. All right, next. I took a nap. That's good napping stuff, isn't it? I mean, watching this, is, every now and then something happens. It's kind of like NASCAR. Wreck happens. You wake up. You know what I'm saying? All right. Student ministry. Um, last year, uh, we had 338 students come through the doors in student ministry last year. 160 of them were first-time guests. So that means that your teenage kids are inviting other teenage kids to be a part of this. Absolutely incredible. Um, student ministry averaged 136 
um, in a month. Uh, last year was the highest ever. And then 82 of you are serving on a weekly basis um, in our student ministry. Adults are serving. Just really, really cool. Up top here, they went on three student mission trips. I mean, look at Nick. First time we've ever done three, right? We've done two before. First time we've ever done three. Uh, I think they went to um, a spot in Arkansas, a spot in Oklahoma, and a spot in New Jersey, right? And uh, they went and shared the glorious gospel, 61 different students on mission trips last year. Raised a lot of money towards that. Uh, last year, 120 students attended Reality Weekend. If you were here last week, uh, the balcony was full of students who were wrapping up Reality Weekend. That happened last year. And, man, just God moved and worked and went, uh, did amazing things through that. Sixteen of you hosted Reality Weekend last year. Listen, if you opened your home to a group of fifth-grade boys last year, praise God for you. Look at Nick. Nick's like, woo, I'm clapping. Not a golf clap, not a golf clap. And listen, you, you got to love on them, and you got to clean up after them. I've still got some toilet paper in my trees right now from this year. Listen, students need a place where they can know that they're loved, accepted, and also experience the truth of Jesus Christ at the same time. And Reality Weekend does that, so thank you guys. They also experienced 15 stops on their pool tour. If you have a pool and you're not involved in the pool tour, see Nick, it's an incredible thing that happens during the summertime. It's not happening right now. It happens in the summertime. And then really cool, out of our student ministry, we saw 12 baptisms last year. You can really clap on that one, right? All right. Awesome. All right, let's go to the next. I think the next one's Kids Ministry, HC Kids. Uh, man, we're just seeing so many kids in our kids' ministry, and it's awesome. Uh, we're averaging 125 last year, uh, every single Sunday, kids. And so we've kind of got this. It's not a joke. It's a real deal. We keep it on the board. Um, we're keeping a running tally in 2020 of uh, the amount of babies that are born and the amount of knee surgeries that are being hap uh, having. And so uh, we, when we have a knee surgery, huh, 2020, what did I say? Knees are winning two to nothing right now, but there's some babies on the way. Um, and it was cool. I walked out this morning, and there was a family back here, and granddad had knee surgery, and they have a brand-new grandbaby, so he feels like, you know, he contributed to both at the same time. Um, but we're just watching our kids' ministry grow. We had 126 guests in HC Kids last year. 154 of you are volunteering for kids' ministry Awesome. This number seven right here represents the families that right now are being served in 2019. That is through our Limitless ministry. Limitless is our ministry to families that have special needs kids. And this is an opportunity for those kids to be well-loved and taken care of, for those parents who may not be able to go to church otherwise, to be able to come, get a little bit of respite, get a little bit of rest, come in and worship, knowing their kids are being well and taken care of, taught about Jesus, and that ministry is just doing amazing things, and we praise God for that. We had three family nights last year. On the bottom there, you see 840-plus. That's the amount of crafts that were made by Nelwyn and Wayne. And if you know Nelwyn and Wayne, they're proud of that, and we are too. They were crafting it up. Up on the top right, over 1,800 scriptures memorized by our kids last year, hiding God's word in their heart. Uh, it's so important. Uh, we had 25 babies at our different dedications last year, and so we just had a lot of babies last year. Just really cool how God is growing, how God is blessing our kids' ministry. And, yeah, you can go ahead and clap. It's great. We'll go on to the next slide and see some more neat things here. Um, uh, the top left there, 19.7% of our offerings were given to missions, and so we were able to be incredibly generous um, in so many different places, missions and church plants around the world. 
Um, last year, we had 44 first-time givers, people that had never given within the church here, gave for the first time last year. And then 28 of you completed Financial Peace University, which starts, I think, next Sunday. Is that right? And so if you need some direction in your life financially, which let's just face it, most of you do. I'm not being mean. I'm just stating the facts. Come and get it, and it will transform your life and your direction financially, and we'd love for you to be a part of that. Um, up top, just some neat stuff about social media and how God's using um, that platform to impact people. This number on the right over here blows me away every year. But we had 21,500 plus online listens to our sermons last year. Just absolutely incredible, wonderful. Yeah, praise God. And that's not us being popular, right? That is the gospel getting into people's ears and therefore getting into their hearts. And so it's just absolutely incredible. If you missed some of last year and you didn't get to experience the guy, it's kind of small, but maybe you can see it in the bottom left down there wearing the red sweater. If you missed Mr. Roger last year, you totally missed it. We had a great series called Those People, and Mr. Roger showed up, and it was so, so good. And by the way, you can still go online and listen to all of those on our app or on our website. Next. Uh, fun stuff here. Uh, we had 93 new members become a part of Holland Chapel last year. You can go ahead and hoorah that one right there. Yeah. Absolutely awesome. We uh, launched two worship gatherings at the beginning of last year, and so the 9 o'clock and the 1045. And I'll just tell you guys, 1045 people, just listen to me, 9 o'clock is on your heels, I'm telling you, they are growing. We're growing together. Either way we grow, but man, nine o'clock's filling up, and they're going to they're gonna pass you guys up if you're not careful, all right? So keep up uh, you being here and bringing your friends with you. Overall, we saw a 14% increase in our weekly attendance uh, last year, and that's just absolutely awesome. 304 first-time adult guests, 304. Here's what that means. That means that you are loving people and you are in good friendships with people and you are inviting them and they are coming. And we love that. Please don't stop that. That's how many we have on record that filled out a card, 300, excuse me, 304. Um, we had an average of 28 people in this room every week last year that were guests. 28 people um, were guests in our services. At the bottom, it says over 800 at candlelight service, and that's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. But listen to me, 2000, end of 2018, i got to get my numbers right, is when we did our first candlelight service. We had one. The room was pretty full. We had about 350 people here uh, for candlelight in 2018. This last year we did two, and we had over 800 people here at our candlelight services. And so we praise God for that. It's just really, really cool. And then we had 29 baptisms last year. Celebrate that. And as you know, baptism's a big deal. It's somebody going public with their faith. And man, that's just incredible that we got to experience that last week. And then I think we got another picture come up here. And it says, maybe God has more in store for 2020, question mark. Should there be a question mark there? I think God has more in store. I think God has more in store for you. I think God has more in store for us. And with that being said, I want us to look again at Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. It's the reason why I believe this so much. Look at what it says. Now, all glory to God. Okay, we didn't share all of this so we could say, yay, look at Holland Chapel. 
We shared all this because we wanted to see how God is working in and through this church for his glory. Okay? We are not here to say, look at us. We are here to say, look at him. And so please know that everything that we just celebrated, all of that worship and all of that adoration and all that attention ultimately belongs to Jesus. Now, all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely, here it is, infinitely, say it with me, infinitely more than we might ask or think. I think that God has more in store. I don't think God got done with 2019 and looked at our year in report and said, man, Holland Chapel, I think I'm, I think I'm ready to rest a little while. I think I'm just going to take 2020 off. 2019 was all I had in me. I think that's all I can do. I don't, I don't think that's God's attitude at all. I think that the Ephesians 3.20 God that we read about is still just as passionate and wanting so much more for this church in 2020 than ever before. He's done everything that has been accomplished to this point. He is going to do everything beyond this point, and he wants to do more. So we've been talking a lot about vision, the vision that God has for your life, the vision that God has for our church, and we're going to talk about that some this morning. Well, I just want you to know that Jesus, when he came here, there was a vision for him. There was a plan for him. There were some things to be accomplished. He also had a mission, a mission that actually drove and fueled his vision. Mission is this end all what we want to get done, and vision and plan, if you will, is, is the things we're going to do to get it done and to see that accomplished. Well, as Jesus was going throughout his life here on earth, his mission drove his vision. His mission, excuse me, his mission we're going to find is just beautiful and just glamorous. His vision and plan, sacrificial, hard, not easy. God has a mission for our life and God has a mission for our church. But God had a mission for his one and only son, Jesus, when he came here to earth. Look at Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. And in Luke chapter 19 and verse number 10, we're going to see Jesus tell us what his mission was. We're going to have him tell us why he came, okay? Why he left heaven to, li to live here amongst people like you and I. And he's talking to a group of people. He's in a certain house, and we'll talk about that in just a moment because it definitely impacts his words and what he's saying here. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. It says, For the Son of Man, Jesus speaking of himself, the Son of Man, the Son of God, came to seek and save those who are lost. So in your notes, you see Jesus' mission out there. If you just want to quote the verse or write the verse out there, cool. Or if you just want to say his mission was to seek and to save the lost, you would be totally nailing the mission of Jesus. Jesus came with this mission. It was to seek and it was to save the loss, for the world to be redeemed, for the world to be rescued, for the world to experience forgiveness, for the world that was far away from God to experience closeness and rightness with God through his coming. It's interesting that when he's writing this, he's hanging out in a guy's house named Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus had a terrible reputation. 
He was a swindler. He was a liar. He was a schemer. He was a lowlife in most people's eyes. His profession in that day, not to be uh, implied or imported onto what people do today, but he was a tax collector. And in those days, anything goes. Whatever they said was kind of the rule and kind of the law, and he used that to his own gain all the time. A lot of people even said, Jesus, you shouldn't be at his house. And here's what Jesus said. He's why I came. I came for guys like this. I came for guys that are messed up. I came for women who are not right. I came for people who need me to seek them and to find them and to save them. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus came to seek and to save me. Jesus came to seek and to save you. Jesus came to seek and to save Zacchaeus. Jesus came to seek and to save your neighbors, your friends, your relatives, your coworkers. Yes, that coworker. He came to seek and to save them. This is his mission. This fueled everything that he did. His vision, plan, if you will, for accomplishing this mission, not so attractive, not so easy, not so glamorous. Look at Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 21. Jesus has been teaching. He's been talking with his disciples. They've been having encounters with um, religious leaders and other people. And ultimately, here's what we see is happening in John chapter 16, excuse me, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 21. It says, from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day he would be raised from the dead. That's the vision. That's the plan. That's how Jesus is going to accomplish the mission. He's going to leave heaven, come here to earth. He's going to kind of have a little bit of a safe space in Galilee, but he's going to have to go to a very uncomfortable place. Oh, wait a minute, leaving heaven and earth, that's kind of uncomfortable, right? Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree, like, leaving perfection to live? Pick anywhere you want to in the world. Pick it, leave heaven to live there? Are you kidding me? He has to leave Galilee, he has to go to Jerusalem where they are just going to just wear him out literally in every way they can come up with verbally, uh, emotionally. False accusations are eventually going to beat him. They're going to imprison him. They're going to treat him like trash. He's eventually going to hang on a cross and he's going to suffer there and he's going to bleed there and he's going to die there. And this is the vision, this is the plan for him to fulfill the mission of him seeking and saving the lost. There is no seeking me, finding me. There is no saving me without the cross. And so he comes and he goes through the cross and eventually... After dying, three days later, he comes back from the dead. Now, if we celebrated some stuff on screen, we can celebrate this truth that Jesus died and then he came back from the dead. There you go. There it is right there, all right? This is the foundation for our faith. This is the reason why we were able to be sought. Excuse me, sought. This is the reason why we were able to be found. This is the reason why we were able to be saved is because of Jesus, his blood, his cross, and his resurrection. That was the vision and that was the plan. And his mission said, seek and save the lost. And he said, you know what? I'll do anything to accomplish my mission. And anything was the cross. And he did this. So you could write down however you want to the mission or the, 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 excuse me, the vision or the plan in your notes there. You could put the verse down or you could just say, he came to die on the cross and come back from the dead. However you want to word that, just make sure that's in there because it's the vision. It's the plan that Jesus, it was hard. 
It was costly. It was sacrifice. He did it for you. He did it for us to save us from our sin, to save us from hell, to save us from condemnation. This is why he came. And so Jesus has given us today, now, our church, this church, Holland Chapel, he's given us a mission. Here's the way we word this at our church. It's the simple wording of why we do what we do. It's the simple wording of our mission, and it's simply this. Our mission is helping people find and follow Jesus. Helping people find and follow Jesus. Could you say that with me? Helping people find and follow Jesus. Jesus, when he left this earth, he said, I want you to go and I want you to make disciples. I want you to teach them about me. I want you to baptize them. This is how we are saying what Jesus told us to do. It's our job to help people find and follow Jesus. And what I believe is, is that Jesus wants to see this happen even more in 2020. He wants more people helping other people. He wants more people finding him. He wants more people repenting of their sin. He wants more people experiencing salvation. He wants more people following him who used to live lives for themselves, but now they're living lives for his honor and glory. And if there's one thing we definitely can so for sure agree on, in 2020, he wants more of himself. He wants more of Jesus to be made known in 2020. And that is our job. That is our mission. That is why we do what we do. We are here at this time in this place to help people find and follow Jesus. And my prayer, my hope is that happens at the more level in 2020. We believe that he has more in store. So here's what I want to encourage you towards, okay? Let's be a part, okay? Two words, not one word. Let's be a part of what God is doing here. And when I say what God is doing here, I'm talking about at Holland Chapel. Let's be a part Let's participate. Let's get involved in. Let's get engaged in. Let's get on mission with what Jesus has called us to do in and through this church. And so some areas that I just want to share with you just to cast some ideas so that you can have some better vision of how you can carry out that mission. Let me encourage you to get involved in these things and some things that we want you to be, okay? We want you to be inviting your friends to HC. We want you to be inviting your friends to HC. And if you're like, man, all my friends go to church already, I want to encourage you to make some more friends. I'm serious. Make some more friends. You've got neighbors. You've got relatives. You've got coworkers. You've got people that are around you who don't go to church Love them, invest in them, show them that you are their friend, and then be a friend of friends and say, you know what, I want you to come and experience what I have. Uh, you've heard us say this before, I'll say it again because we mean it. When you bring your friend here to Holland Chapel, we are committed to preach and to teach and to share the gospel with them. Whether we're teaching about marriage or money or whatever the series is, we are going to do our dead level best to make sure that they know that the reason why we are here and the reason why we're following Jesus is because he died for them and because he came back from the dead for them. This is our commitment. This is our thing. And you do this. And so keep inviting your friends to Jesus. One of my favorite moments on Sunday morning is when you guys walk in, you've finally got your friend here, and you walk up to me and you say something like, don't blow it. 
Because you've worked and you've tried and you, you've tried to like tell them, you know, we're not weird. Not like we are. But anyway, you've tried to like tell them like, you're gonna, you're gonna be, it's going to be good, it's going to be cool. And you walk up to me and you're like, don't blow it. And I know exactly what you mean. You're like, don't say something stupid. Don't say something foolish. Don't say something boneheaded. You're saying to me, give them what they desperately need in their life, which is the gospel. I love those moments. Happiest moment of Sunday morning for me when you walk in and say, don't blow it. So if you walk in next Sunday morning and say, don't blow it, I will take that. It's all good. It means you've worked hard. You've got somebody here. It's awesome. That's why we're trying to do things well and ultimately the reason why we're trying to do things that are centered around the gospel. When you bring them, we, when I say we, I don't mean me. I mean we. We're going to welcome them. Isn't that right, church? We're going to find folks. and we're, I don't know you. Hi, my name is. You don't have to ask them if they've been here before. If you haven't met them before, just say hi. Be kind to them. It's huge. Welcome people. Join in in that. If you're new, if you're old, join in helping all of us welcome one another. Keep inviting your friends to HC. Another thing we want to encourage you to be, we want to encourage you to be making new friends in groups. HC groups are our small group gatherings that happen on Sunday afternoons and Sunday evenings in homes. Perfect timing to talk about this. They kick off next week. Super Bowl's next week. Most of us are going to have some really good food. We're going to hopefully watch a really good game. And we're going to experience a little bit of community together. And from that, we're going to get together the next week. And we're going to have some more good fruit, food. We're going to have some more good friends. We're going to talk about a good man whose name was Jesus, the perfect man. And we're going to do that on a weekly basis. And we're going to build each other up in Jesus Christ. This is how we experience gospel community. And we want you to be a part of that. You can sign up on your communication card today. You can sign up on the app. We want you to be a part. We want you to build some friendship and make some new friends by engaging in HC groups. If you're in an HC group and you like HC groups and you think other people ought to be in HC groups, could you give a little grunt, a little something, whatever you got? Go for it. Oh, I want to sign up now. If you're in an HC group and you're excited about your HC group and you think other people ought to be in HC groups, do something that makes other people want to sign up, all right? Okay, all right, okay. <laughs> I said grunt. That was my fault. You took me way too literally. Oh, the times that you don't take me literally, and that time you took me literally. Okay. We want you to be in. We want you to make new friends. Uh, we want you to be serving friends in ministry. Listen, if you're a part of this church and you haven't found a place to, like, say, I'm going to show up and do something to help somebody else, we want you to find a place where you can show up and help somebody and serve somebody because it's so important to your spiritual growth. There are all kinds of areas. We have what's called a serve booklet. I think they're in the back, and we've got tons of them available. We'll make them available to you. Ask us for them. All kinds of areas of ministry on Sundays, on Wednesdays, on other days of the week where you can find a spot where you can start serving and figuring out where you're enjoying this and begin to grow in your relationship with Jesus by serving other people. It's absolutely huge. It's also important to the life of our church that all of us are in this together serving in a way that he has made us and shaped us and gifted us. Next, we want you to be giving, okay? We want you to be giving so we can have new friends in heaven. We, we want you to be generous. We want our church to be generous. And here's what I'll say about our church. Our church is generous. You are probably sitting next to somebody who is generous. The odds are you're sitting next to a very generous person. Generosity will change other people's lives, but generosity will change your life. And here's the thing. I want us to get to heaven, 
And I want people to walk up to us and say, because I, 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 I just kind of think about heaven. We're going to know a lot more there than we do here, right? I mean, it's all going to become sight for us. We're going to realize what really happened. And I, I'll just give you, for instance, I want somebody to walk up who lived their whole life in India. And I want them to walk up to you and say, you know what? I was lost and without Jesus, but you gave to your local church in Benton, Arkansas. And as a result, I came to know the Lord, and I'm going to be living right next to you in a mansion for the rest of eternity because of your generosity. I want those kind of moments to happen when we get to heaven. They happen when we're generous. Everything we do here, whether it's here or far away, the generosity helps people come to know Jesus. So our mission of helping people find and follow Jesus, it's compelling and it's beautiful. But I would just say out of these things we just put on the screen, at least one of them, at least one of them made you feel a little bit uncomfortable. At least one of them just thought, man, i got to stretch if I'm doing that. For some of you, you may have even gone further. You thought, man, if I do that, that's going to require some kind of sacrifice. Can we put this into perspective just a little bit? Jesus left heaven to live here on earth. Jesus went down to Jerusalem so they could persecute him and kill him. I'm telling you, the vision and the plan is not always easy, but it's always worth it. And I don't think that Jesus is going to call you to go to Jerusalem to get crucified, most likely. We're just talking about inviting your friends to church. We're talking about getting in a group. We're talking about serving somebody else. We're talking about giving so that other people go to heaven. Let him stretch you. What if we all said, you know what, I'm in. I'm going to start inviting. I'm going to start making. I'm going to start serving. I'm going to start giving. What if we all... How much more could God do in and through our church? Here's what I say to you. Let's find out. Let's find out. Together, we can carry out God's mission and his vision. Um, we're not a perfect church. Um, if you came in here thinking that we are, uh, I'll just go ahead and let you know we're not. We're a bunch of messed up people that Jesus is healing and transforming. And we're going to continue to be a church of messed up people because we're going to continue to be a church of grace. I'm going to reach out to messed up people. How messed up would we still be if we didn't have Jesus, right? And there are people in our lives who are messed up who need this grace, who need this truth, who need this hope, and we're going to continue to reach out. So here's some things that we see God doing this year. We see more people being saved. We see more people recognizing their sin and that Jesus is the Savior. In fact, people got saved this weekend. This weekend. It's awesome. More people being baptized. Next Sunday, if you have never taken the step of obedience, if you're a believer in Jesus and you've never gone public with your faith the way Jesus has told you to through baptism, we've got an opportunity next Sunday. You can sign up. If you've got questions, we'd love to dialogue with you. You can go public with your faith in baptism next week. Listen, I know that's odd to stand up in public and get wet and go underwater and come back up. I know it's uncomfortable, but I'm here to tell you Jesus has given you a mission of making him known. One of the ways he's called you to make him known is through baptism. I understand it's uncomfortable, but it's the plan. It's the vision for you. So step into that and let's go. We want you to do that. We see more people following Jesus. who used to say, you know what, I'm the ruler of my life. We are now saying Jesus is the ruler of my life. We see more people worshiping on Sunday. We don't have it all figured out, but we're going to figure it out. And I think this is going to be the year where we figure it out where we can uh, grow at a, a greater pace. I don't have all the answers there, but I'm believing God for more there. Our kids' ministry just keeps growing and stacking up, as we talked about earlier. And it's beautiful and it's wonderful. We're going to figure it out as you continue to fill this room up. And 9 o'clock catches up with you and passes you if you ain't careful. We're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. And we believe that God has more in store for us as we gather together and as we figure out what next looks like. 
more churches being planted. Last year, we put together a team. They're there. 2020, we envision Bentonville Church launching, and it's going to be a beautiful thing, and we're praying towards that, and we're believing towards that. Um, we're planning and envisioning more gospel influence through live feed video. Again, 21,000 listens online to our sermons last year. And again, that's just about getting the gospel out there. And the step we want to take this year is we want to go video with that where people can experience the worship and they can experience the Word of God because we want them to see and to hear and to experience what we get to see and what we hear and what we experience. We want to have more biblical structure for our church to function well. We see in this year more leaders rising up in business, in life, and in church. Again, God has more in store. So quickly, let me add to this because here's what we want to see. Let's be a part of what God is doing here at the church in Holland Chapel. And let's be a part of what God is doing there. By here, we mean here at this church, in this body. By there, we mean in your home. We mean in your workplace. We mean in your career. We mean in your friendships. We mean in your neighborhood. Because here's the deal. When we are here together, guess what we are? We are the church. Guess what we are when we go out there? We are the church. And the more that I understand God's vision for my life and my mission, and the more you understand God's vision for your life and his mission, we you are the secret ingredient to God doing more. He said he wants to do it through you. That's what he said in Ephesians 3.20. I'm at work in and through you. And so as you go out and you do what you do every single day on mission, on purpose, for his glory, being a part of what he's doing here and being a part of what he's doing there, God is going to do more than we can imagine, ask, or think. Using the platform using the influence and the relationships God has given you and is going to give you to help people find and follow Jesus. What if there were more of us? What if there were more of us in our workplace on mission? What if there were more of us in our homes on mission? What if there were more of us in our neighborhoods on mission? What if there were more of us in our friendships on mission? I say let's find out. We're going to keep dreaming we're going to keep asking. We're going to keep praying for more. Two questions as we wrap up. First question is this. Will you be a part? Will you take um, the initiative to be engaged and say, God, I'm going to be a part of your mission. I'm a part of your vision for this church. I'm going to be a part of this vision for my life. I, I'm, I'm going to do what you're asking me to do. Maybe for you, you're like, I just need to invite my friends. Maybe you've got a ton of lost friends. Maybe you just got saved and every friend you got's lost. You are a prime candidate to invite people to church. Yay! Invite people to church. Do your thing. Maybe for you, you haven't been in a group yet and you're like, I don't know. And you just need to take that step. Will you be a part? Maybe you start serving and you haven't served yet. You've been coming for a while and you're like, I need to do that. Do it. Maybe you haven't started giving yet. Give, be a part. Next question, just as important, just as huge. Next question, will you pray? Will you pray? Will you pray and ask God to do amazing things, knowing that you can't outthink him and you cannot outask him, and he's got more in store for you and more in store for this church, for his honor and for his glory. So as we wrap up this morning, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to pray a short prayer, and after this prayer, I want to specifically ask those of you that are a part of this church, I want you to pray. I want you to take this moment to pray. 
If you want to use the words of the song to direct your prayer, use that. If you want to come down here and pray, do that. If you want to keep a seat where you are and bow your head and pray, cool. If you want your eyes open and up to heaven and pray, let's pray and ask God to do more than we can ask or think. Let's ask God just to blow our minds with his grace, with his power, and with his presence. We're also going to have an opportunity uh, after I pray for you to give, and man, maybe today's the first time you've ever given your life, and you're like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start that. I'm going to do that today. Maybe you're like, you know what, I, I, I'm going to go further than that. I'm going to hop online, and I'm going to set up automatic giving. That would be huge, be huge, huge step for you. Maybe for you, it's your first time here. Listen, what we're asking, drop that communication card in. Just drop it in and just know we are here for you. We are here to reach you with the glorious good news of Jesus Christ because he loves you and we love you and he died for you and he came back from the dead for you and he wants to seek you, find you, and save you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your mission. Thank you for your vision. Help us to hear it, to know it, to see it, to live it, to accomplish it, and for you to do more than we can imagine, ask, or think. Thank you for this incredible group of people. It's called Holland Chapel. Thank you for the 9 o'clock, for the 1045, as we are one in your name, knowing that what we're doing here is the same thing that so many other people around the world are doing. We're just trying our best to follow you and to make you known so that others can experience the same grace that we have too. God, we love you. Thank you for this time. Hear our prayers. Make our prayers bigger. Make our dreams bigger. And then do more than that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.